Hello beautiful people, thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films, diving back to the TV world one last time for the last episode, episode 9 of The Last of Us. I can't believe that we've actually reached the conclusion of the series, like we finally reached the end and I was a little bit unsure if they would be able to wrap up the game, the first game that is, because I did feel that there was maybe just a bit too much for them to go but they've done it obviously we, we've reached the end and I have said regularly each week that I very much have enjoyed this adaptation like I still stand by the remarks that this is the best game adaptation and that's coming from someone who has only played so much of the game and then watched the rest of it you know rest of the story on YouTube so take take from that you know what you want kind of thing but I've just really enjoyed this drama and this relationship between Pedro Pascal's Joel and Bella Ramsey's Ellie and the series has given us so many epic moments and the finale does give us a good send-off with another memorable moment. And I use the term good send-off because I was expecting just a little bit more from this episode. And I'm not going to lie, I thought this was probably the weakest episode of the series, which maybe then speaks high on earlier episodes. You know what I mean? They were so damn good that maybe they've just fell short at the last hurdle. And I don't want to, you know, spend a lot of time on negatives or anything like that, but I will say that I felt this episode was just way too short. It was only 40 minutes or so, which makes it the shortest episode of the series, but it's been the first time that I felt the pacing was off and that the show had rushed its way over the finishing line. I just felt like I seemed to have blinked and it was over in a way. And again, yeah, I know that they did adapt it from the source material, but... Maybe just a bit more padding. Maybe just a little bit more padding in this episode. You know what I mean? Like, I just, just, I just, I did feel, it did feel like the Joel and Ellie story here was on fast forward. And I just, I just didn't like that, especially considering what happened in the last episode with Ellie and David. And I was expecting just a little bit, maybe a little bit more of the repercussion that and the, the trauma side of that. Something that maybe Ellie and Joel could have, could have spoken about or whatever. But like I said, this episode still has fantastic moments. And the dialogue between Joel and Ellie, again, is so, so good. I can't wait to kind of, talk more about that in just a tick and stuff but this episode as i say as finales go it's good as it, it really did like have strong moments as i stated the my main concern or main issue that i had with it was that it was just a little bit too short like i felt it really was done and dusted so i'm gonna really gonna stick with that in terms of a negative because I, I i'm not gonna sit here and slate it and take anything away from the show itself because it's been absolutely phenomenal loved it loved it loved it just just wish that it just i don't know stuck the landing a little Anywho, we've still got another season to go. We've still got loads more stories to tell, obviously, with The Last of Us and these characters. So we can be forgiven of the of this episode. I can be forgiven anyways. But before we do dive any further into this episode, the podcast, of course, is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com, all that jazz. Give us a like and a follow, notification button, leave a review. You know what to do. Jump onto Facebook and Instagram and search Joe Blogs About Films. Give us a like and a follow on there to find out what's going on with the podcast. So as I stated a moment ago, I was kind of hoping for just a little bit more conversation in the back of what happened with David, obviously, in the last episode, because episode eight was really dark. As I stated on last week's podcast, that I found that it was the darkest episode of the entire series. And I was just expecting just a little bit more. Not, I'm not saying I want to have a sit down and a cup of tea, chinwag about it all. It's just that, you know, th- 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 there was elements and there was stuff in the show in this episode that you could see that Ellie was suffering from some form of post-traumatic stress from what's happened. But 
that for me, like it, it felt like it was done and dusted within just about five minutes. Or so, like obviously at the start of the episode, we're building to that, and I really don't want to sound like I'm like picking away at this episode or the show itself because there honestly, there's been so many good episodes in this in in this last episode. It's just I really wanted, I thought that we were going to get a little bit more extra extra layers with that, but I I want to I, I don't want to keep sticking with the negatives. I want to jump to. These good moments I've just, I've just briefly mentioned. So, so let's let's go to that because I thought it was really cool seeing Joel being like the chatterbox um, that Ellie was when they first met. Only this time it's been flipped and we have Ellie that's not really all there in the headspace after what's happened and she's going through the motions and kind of just out of it after the after the ordeal. But it was nice seeing Joel really try with Ellie, you know, and like a father trying to make the effort with his daughter, wanting to hear those like terrible puns, this and that. There's a comfort there that he knows Ellie is struggling and he's just trying to take her mind off it all, take her take her to a better place and ultimately just, just protect her. That's, that's the main thing. We've seen that from the get-go. We have to protect his that, that's his that's his goal we get a great moment where joel's like listen we don't have to go to the fireflies we can just go away we can go back to tommy and live off the fat of the land something along those lines which sets us up nicely really for joel's actions at the end of this episode like there's still hesitation there from joel to take ellie to the fireflies though rather than him wanting nothing to do with her or the, or the planned mission like he was at the start of the series it's now coming from a place of love at the start it was like i don't want anything to do with like he this is this is a slight chance that this could go or you know if he loses her altogether then he'd rather not like he would he would not take that chance he'd rather take her and go which is ultimately what does happen at the end of this episode and i thought that pedro pascal again was awesome in this episode it did this did feel more of a joel centered episode than anything else presented him in such a new light that than when we found him at the start of the show you know I think that the bond between he and Ellie is just too strong. And at the start of this episode, it feels very one way with that. As Ellie's just having a real hard time. And it's it's only until Joel says, like, look, we, we don't have to do this. That I think it, it gets a little bit of a fire in her again. Like, she's she says that after everything that we've done, after everything I've done, it can't be for nothing. It's almost like trying to justify her actions, what she did last week with David, and then and, and Joel's actions. Like, not just, obviously like now between him and Ellie or the journey him and Ellie but even before that from all the stories that we've that we've heard of Joel they've killed to get Ellie and the cure to the fireflies though I do like that she was all like once we've done all of that we'll go anywhere I will follow you anywhere is what she says it's just a a lovely compromise but at the same time it's a way of showing that love between the two of them that look I I will will do this and then me and you we will go together. Like that's what that's what what we should do. You know, it's it's to cushion the disappointment that Joel has because he certainly would rather just bugger off and head into the sunset with his new daughter. But speaking of that, I really thought it was lovely having Joel open up and talk fondly about Sarah. I think if anything, this shows how far he has come more than anything. Sarah was a really really hot topic and pretty much out of bounds in terms of conversation when you know earlier in the season, but. To see him a little more a little more healed and able to talk about her to Ellie and the things that Sarah liked or just how Ellie and Sarah would both get on, just it just warmed my heart and I thought it was a really, really nice touch that every nice comment that he made on Sarah, like saying how she had a great smile, he would then instantly follow up with, not, not, not that you don't, towards Ellie, which I genuinely do think he means and thinks, sorry, like he, he doesn't want Ellie to feel like she's second best or anything like that or that he's replacing her with how he felt for Sarah, you know what I mean? Like, and, and just putting those feelings straight onto Ellie, that he knows there's a difference between the two of them, 
but like he loves them both respectfully. You know what I mean? Joel really does have a deep rooted care and connection now with Ellie that I feel the show has handled really, really well since it started. I thought it was a really great touch that the first episode and the last episode titles are the Fireflies motto. Episode one being when you're lost in the darkness and episode nine being look for the light. Granted that the mission for Ellie to get to the Firefly starts and ends in those episodes, but I also feel it's more symbolism for Joel's progression and where we find him now when compared to episode one, you know, like he was lost in the darkness at the start of the series. He was doing the odd tasks and jobs that was that was within Fedra or outside the walls with Tess and now by the finale, he's found his light. This is perfectly captured when he and Ellie stumble upon that military base within the hospital area outside and obviously tells her about how he was at one of these one time following the gunshot that damaged his ear and he got the scar on his head and essentially confessing to Ellie that the day after Sarah died, he tried to end his own life, but he flinched. And I see that as one of those everything happens for a reason moments as, as, as had he been had he not been alive, he would never have found or met his new daughter. And this continues to one of the strongest moments between the two of them where he basically says that time didn't heal the wounds. Ellie did. Obviously, he doesn't literally say that to her in those words, but there, there's that look that he gives. Obviously, all he says is that that it wasn't time that, that healed the wounds or something like that. But, you know what I mean? It, it's one of those looks when he, say, he says that and he looks at her and it just says a thousand words. Like, it's a very strong and very moving moment between the two of them. This strong feeling and connection that Joel has for Ellie is what is the driving force for him at, at the end to save her from the fireflies. It was great to see he and Marlene have those exchange of words when she basically de deals out that blow that, yeah, basically, we need to get these cells or whatever from a brain and then use it to create a cure for, and a vaccine for all, but it's going to kill her, which is the worst possible news for Joel. Uh, worst possible news for any parent, given that, but in this moment, after everything that they've been through and that he now has a close relationship and feelings towards her, it's like losing Sarah all over again. Now, before we do go into the sequence, the glorious sequence of Joel saving Ellie and going full-on badass again. I guess this would be a good time to talk about the opening, the cold opening, and, and basically establishing how Ellie is immune. Now, this, this episode explains pretty much why this is the case, something that the game hasn't done, but it was something that Neil Druckmann was looking at doing for a separate thing entirely. I believe it was an animated short, but I think that the decision from Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann to have this included within the series was a very strong decision. I hear the calls for the ambiguity of not actually saying what it is and why she's immune. Honestly, I really do appreciate that in game fans, obviously all with you and 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 maybe that yeah it, it could have just been a case that she was just born with it there's something in her genetics or whatever but nope this show is very specific this is how she is immune this is a very specific explanation this is how she's immune and i commend that creative decision you know like i think it was a really good move and having ashley johnson play ellie's mother anna was an absolute masterstroke i think from mason and Druckmann. they are absolute geniuses for this like the actor in the game giving birth to the character in the show it is just beautiful and i think ashley johnson was really great in that opening and, and i've realized i've waffled there and not actually spoke about the immunity side of it so basically anna was heavily pregnant with ellie ready to pop basically and then she's chased down by an infected who she eventually puts down but sadly takes a bite beforehand ellie was born during all of that struggle slight nitpick there actually but like really you didn't feel the baby come out whilst you were fighting i, I know i'm nitpicking but Maybe I just, yeah, maybe that should have really set me up for a little bit more of an underwhelming finale, perhaps. So, yeah, lady pregnant, bitten, baby born in the process equals immunity. I quite like this explanation. It doesn't really give too much away, but still gives you enough. 
Though again, it did make me think that if Marley knew all of that and then eventually found out as she did that Ellie was immune following following the bite, like how hadn't the fireflies like caught on and tried to replicate that, you know? Or is this literally just the rarest of rarest cases? I guess the argument to that is that Ashley said to Marlene she cut the umbilical cord before the bite. So maybe there's that. However, I feel that Marlene just kind of accepts that Ashley's just said what she said there, but doesn't believe it. It's like Ellie does at the end of this of this of this series to Joel. Like he says something that she's not fully probably knows it's not the truth, but she's like, okay. And I think that's exactly what Marlene was doing here with Ashley. But it was a beautiful yet painful sequence. Something that the show has done time and time again from the get-go. You know, we have this new life brought into the world, and this mother is overjoyed at the birth of her baby, only to have at, at most a couple of hours before she turns into an effect, and then that's it. This show if anything we, we know it really likes to hit you where it hurts but i did really enjoy this cold out i thought it was really really strong now coming back to what is easily one of the darkest but greatest action sequences of the series i mean if you want to call it that obviously an action series it's not like it's a john wick action sequence but it's certainly great it's where of course joel you know he's being marched away by the fireflies only for him you know to stop and decide to turn around and take everyone out just so we can save ellie to save her life you know, from them getting the cure from a brain, this, that these cells from a brain or whatever, it's, it, it would, it needs to save, you know what I mean? And he just really, really is close to the game in terms of adaptation. Like, you could put these two side by side and it is very, very close. Everything about this moment is so compelling, you know? Like, it brings in so many different viewpoints and opinions on whether Joel is the good guy here or if he's the bad guy. Me and my wife have been having this debate, but she's got Pedro-tinted goggles on lately, and so nothing that the man does is ever wrong. But it is one of those moments that you can understand that motive, you know? Like any parent would, he is saving his little girl. He's not he's not losing her today, and he will, he will put anyone down to save her. There's been question marks over whether Joel is actually the good guy and the things that have been said over and over and the things that he's done or the person he was but this scene personifies that he has that switch in his head or switch somewhere that he's turned off and that makes him just this ruthless killer honestly it was unbelievably gripping to watch just him walking through that building and shooting anyone and anyone who is a threat or in his way of saving ellie the way the camera was really close up to his face at times as well and pedro's acting here is nothing short of remarkable really presenting someone clearly who has one motive and no other thoughts lingering in his head there is no remorse or anything to anyone he kills and adding that score of, of, of that slowed down theme with extra strings and such, the Last of Us's theme is just super effective and gives off that dark sense of what is happening, what we are witnessing right now. We also have obviously get, of course, the the lingering shot of the Doctor that he kills, and again, there's no flinch with that or anything. Joel says, unhook her, or whatever he says, the Doctor says, I won't let you take her. Boom, down you go. Right, nurse is next, unhook her. You know what I mean? It's just straight to the point, and right now nothing else matters for Joel. Saving Ellie is the priority. Obviously, we know that this is going to have ramifications and implications moving forward, but I really, really loved just that moment as well. Like, obviously, he didn't see the nurses or anything as a threat that were in there, just the doctor who obviously got the scalpel against him. But this is a, this is something that Joel has to do. And I think it's clear at the end that once Ellie asks to ask him to swear that what he had said about the Fireflies, Fireflies plan not working and that Raiders came... Like I just said a few moments ago, I think she's just accepting that lie. She probably knows what's happened and what Joel has done and that he what he has done is something really bad, in particular, obviously, to Marlene, but it was for her. 
And I think that she understands and appreciates that, even if she doesn't necessarily agree with it. Joel's parental instincts kicked in and just made up that lie to her by saying other children had the immunity, but the fly, Fireflies plan didn't work. I think it's just so that Ellie didn't hate him for the things that he's done. All, all like almost like you know, you've heard these things about me, but I don't want you. You're, I don't want you. You're my daughter. I don't want you to think bad of me. To Joel, there's no real hope for a cure out there. Like, again, we've established that in episode one with his reluctance to even take Ellie in the first instance, you know? Like, he was like, what's the point in any of it? Like, he's all smoke and mirrors. There's, there's there's no cure. Like, now he can protect her, and he's got a newfound purpose to be there for her and to raise her. It was just a really, like I said, good rounded ending. It's just that, sadly for me, overall, I felt it was just a little bit rushed. But overall, this season has been absolutely excellent. I cannot wait for season two and so on. As I say, apart from this last episode being rushed, my only other negative for this season is that I wish we just had a couple more scenes of The Infected. I know the show is a drama, absolutely, and that less is more aspect makes you really appreciate those big scenes or, or scenes with any infected when they do pop up. I just kind of wish that we maybe had one more big moment with them. I, I was hoping that maybe in episode eight with David that was going to come, but alas, it wasn't to be. But that was like the only only real thing that I wish that would happen would have happened differently in the show. It's just one more big... But you know, you know episode five, I, I don't want... Some, well, maybe I did want something more like episode five when we got that massive horde and such, but just something else would have been really nice. But again, I'm sure we're going to get plenty in season two, but uh, overall, it, it, the show was solid. It's a solid nine out of ten, unbelievable. It's blown my socks off many times, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that the writing, everything, the performance, the score, the cinematography... It's been absolutely incredible. Bella Ramsey, Pedro Pascal, both of them, what they brought to the show has been absolutely remarkable and credit, credit, you know, to Craig Mazin, to Neil Druckmann, to everyone involved because The Last of Us season one has been absolutely excellent, absolutely excellent. And that's it. That's my reviews done and dusted for The Last of Us. I can't actually believe that we've now reached the end of the weekly reviews. I hope you've enjoyed them. If you've stuck with them, I really do appreciate your constant support, as I say, and yeah, it's going to be such a such a strange feeling. I hate this when you finish a TV series. There's just that void of nothingness. <laughs> so now it's time to crack on and find something new to watch. I cannot bloody wait, though, to watch this from start to finish once again. I have the Steelbook on pre-order, obviously. Lovely bit of artwork. And yeah, just what a bloody good TV show. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to this podcast. There'll be plenty more this week, I'm sure, with more reviews and such. But until then, and until the next episode, take care.